1: And now, WBSM's big gun,
0: Tim Weisberg. And welcome in our number three of the program here on Wednesday. And in just a little bit, we will be joined by New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell. As we will have midweek with the mayor, we'll talk about some of the things going on in the city, including the news that came out since last Friday, that being that the mayor is, ask, is proposing an ordinance uh, with the city council that would abolish the city's 10% pay penalty for non-resident employees and management positions. So beyond just wanting to put a pause on that while they're trying to find candidates, he's he's looking to abolish that completely. So we'll talk with Mayor Mitchell about that uh, coming up in just a few moments. He's actually making his way across the parking lot. Um, we'll talk about a number of different things happening in the city. But a reminder that tonight we will have... The Ward 3 debate on South Coast tonight. It'll be Chris, Marcus, and Jack Blaine of New Bedford Light all here in studio. And they will be uh, having Sean Oliver and Carmen Amaral in. They will be having them on for the entire first hour commercial free. So they'll be able to get all the questions in without having to take a break. And then, of course, after the debate is over, they'll break it all down for you and they'll take your calls on it. And uh, we are just days away from the Ward 3 election, and we'll be talking about that with the mayor as well. But it's certainly uh, this this might be, as far as I know, your last chance to hear from those candidates. So you want to make sure that you tune in tonight. And if you can't tune in, you know, maybe maybe you got things going on. Maybe it's dinner time and you can't listen to the radio at the same time. It will be available for you on podcast Pretty much immediately after it's over. Marcus does a great job of pushing out the podcasts for South Coast tonight uh, soon after the end of each hour. And then, of course, once he pushes it out, it takes a little while for it to show up in your podcast service or on the website. But I would think that, you know, before the end of South Coast tonight, you would be able to hear that debate in its entirety. So uh, good morning, New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell. How are you today, Tim? I'm
1: doing all right. Sorry, I'm a little late. No problem at all. Something big's going on uh, down the hall. Uh, Phil and Barry are involved in something. I'm not sure what's going on. They're probably yelling about me. That's that's that was my first guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. there was some uh, there was some internal. Questions of some of the things I was saying on the air. That's fine. That's fine. Let them talk about me behind my back. That's cool. I've got the microphone right fine now. With that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it is a very important time. As I was just mentioning, tonight we have the Ward 3 debate happening here on South Coast tonight. Uh, they will have both candidates in. And as far as I know, it's the last time that they'll both be. Uh, and, and I think the only time they've really had a debate format uh, in this since they've come down to just these final two candidates. But we are just days away from an election that will
1: make a big difference going forward in the city. Um, I So um, first off, I'm, I'm glad that the station and um... Uh, the station's taken up uh, the mantle of, of hosting a debate, and I know the, Bedford Light did as well. So great job in um, bringing, uh, bringing to light the candidates' positions. Both candidates uh, have done a nice job uh, running their campaigns, and I'm glad they put themselves out, out there. It's, running a political campaign is not easy. It's, it's, it's quite demanding, um, but um, I think everybody who runs for office, I just it's worth saying, uh, doesn't regret doing so. No, nope, you never hear anybody say, "Cheese, you know what a waste of time that was." I think everybody who jumps in uh, into the fray like that um, and puts themselves out there engage, engages in an act of courage of sorts. But everybody I know who's done it has said, "You know, I learned something about myself. I learned I made a lot of friends along the way, so it's always worth it." So um, I say that to encourage more people to get out there and and to, uh, and to run. Um, the Ward Three race is an important one because uh, you know that seat might turn out to be, um, in effect, to, to um, represent a, a swing vote on a number of uh, issues that are before the council. But uh, you know, Ward Three has been without representation for a couple of months now, and Ward Three definitely needs to uh, seat at the table as as, as much as any. Uh, other ward i think that goes without saying so and and there are important things going on in the ward there's the uh, the project at the whale the municipal golf course of course as well as a number of developments that we're working on in uh, the hicks logan area we're really trying at long last to get that that neighborhood right um and uh lots of other things so um i'm glad they both have uh they both have run really strong races and uh, it's an r- opportunity to remind everybody if you do live in ward three that the uh, uh, final election is tuesday february 28th so and get out there and vote
0: we certainly want to see higher numbers for the final election we as sure we do in preliminary. yeah
1: we've looked at, as a city we've struggled with voter turnout and there's no there really isn't any easy solution we just have to continue to Um, cultivate an ethic of voter participation and participation in the civic life of the city more generally. Um, Getting out there and voting is uh, important for reasons that everybody has come to understand. Um, I think then nobody would deny, right? It's an act of free expression. It's a privilege in a um, a Republican form of government. Um, But it's also um, higher turnout also... Uh, puts the city in a stronger position to command um, the attention of statewide and other candidates, and uh, we've struggled with that, frankly. I, I see it firsthand. Um, candidates go where the votes are, and if people aren't voting in a particular place, they don't go, and they don't um, they, they don't uh, afford the interests of the people who live there, they're, they're due. You know, it's funny, it just came up this week. I think Barry did a piece on jimmy carter's visit to new bedford in in 1976 which i thought was great and um that underscores i, I think where uh, voter turnout in new bedford was very different in 19 in the, in the mid 70s uh, much much higher than it is now and so new bedford had uh frankly the ability to attract uh, a top tier and ultimately successful uh, presidential candidate, and, uh, and that happened again in, in, nineteen. I think it was 1980, Ronald Reagan came here. I may be mistaken about that, so the historians out there can uh, can correct me, but um, the, the um, so turn, turnout is a, uh, there's a political expediency to turnout, a high turnout means that you get the attention of people whose attention you need.
0: Have you had a chance to talk to the two candidates uh, and get a
1: sense of where um, they stand on some things? N- not, not much. I mean, either one... Um, neither one has um, so um, neither one has has asked for a meeting with me and I'll just say this to candidates out there generally um, if you're running for office you, you can come meet with me if you want my opinion I might not endorse you um, some folks ask for endorsements I'd say I would never endorse in a, in a award race but I, I generally don't but um uh, it's 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 striking that uh, so some of the candidates in the preliminary did approach me um, uh, for a meeting. Bob Romney, uh, Bob Cabral, Jacob Ventura, they all approached me and uh, asked for just some some of my time. And I'm, I'm, I freely give it out. I just I'm, so, I'm shocked sometimes how candidates that don't don't do that. But uh, in this in this case, uh, ne- neither one of them did.
0: So it's safe to say then you don't
1: have an endorsement for this race. I'm not going to endorse anybody them. who doesn't come to come to meet with me, and that's not to you know that's yeah I, I would not even yeah you need, need to have yeah, a conversation. I would not even entertain it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, so anyway, we're, we're really hoping that this will be something that you know maybe maybe the preliminary was just a, an outlier. Maybe people were electioned out a little bit, and now hopefully they turn well, out. on Tuesday. It's a tough time of
1: year, and yeah, look, it's it's a single ward race. There's nothing else on the ballot. But it's important to get out there.
0: So let's talk about some of the city council business that, as you mentioned, you know, there's a lot of important things coming up. Uh, you filed a, a number of proposed ordinances last week that, uh, from what Council President Morad said to me on Friday, should be on the agenda for this week. I haven't looked at it yet. But uh, these are some changes that you see that need to be made to the salary reclassifications, including, I, you know, I, you have been saying here that you're going to ask them to, to – Put a, a pause on that 10% um, uh, penalty for people that don't live in the city. Well, but I don't
1: want to put a pause on it. I want to now re- you want, yeah, eliminate this, it. This yeah. is an,
0: a total abolishment of that. So Yeah, you know, that's
1: that's been my position all along. Right. I vetoed the original proposal. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So with this, with this in mind, I mean, how – first of all, this is probably the best time you would have a chance to make that argument with how hard it is to find people. But how what's your feeling going into it about whether or not this will actually be abolished?
1: Well, I hope it is, right? I mean, I, I've I filed a series of um, adjustments uh, to what the council passed in the way of pay increases uh, last month um, uh, because I, I said I would. I mean, I've been on the show. I've said it to you. I've said I'm going to file these, what, I believe are, uh, what I believe is the right way to do it and uh and so i i i did and i know that there are counselors who are really don't feel like going through all this again they've been subjected to a great deal of criticism and i don't uh, and and when they bumped up a number of salaries uh seemingly arbitrarily uh, and excessively but um and i'm not revisiting all that to to uh pile on uh, at all but I, I think there are things that need to be corrected there were a number of excessive salaries and what uh, and the legislation the ordinance they they pass that need to be corrected I didn't correct all of them there are some that were slightly adjusted were just bumped up one pay grade I left those alone I just said look okay there's room for compromise but then there are lots of others that were bumped up two or more grades and some in one case, or one or more one two, three two three cases bumped up six grades five or six grades um, and those are ones that have been talked about a lot on the air those that was just to my mind just um, and not not justifiable at all so we've corrected that we're also at, we have to revisit again the 10 percent uh, non-resident penalty that uh, i I've, i think we talked about it at the time um you know, the, the council was struggling with the residency requirement a couple of years ago and they decided well you know we want to have some requirement but we don't We want to give employees some flexibility. So, what we'll do is we'll go ahead and say for the first 10 years you are here, if you are not a resident, that is, not part of this, this is for non union employees, if you're not a resident, then um, your pay will be docked 10%. And then after 10 years, um, there's no more penalty. And I looked at, I told them, I said, can you tell me where this has been done anywhere in America? The only place they could produce was Philadelphia, which has a 3% penalty. Um, And they couldn't produce any other evidence that that this was done elsewhere in the United States. I haven't, we've done our sort of, my cursory look, my staff's cursory look around the United States, we haven't found any. So I, I said at the time, I said, look, um, this is going to make it hard for us to to hire people. Our salaries are not competitive. They've become more competitive now because of this pay exercise that we've recently done. But still, um, a ten percent docking is sort of runs at cross purposes with re- readjusting the salaries. Right, you readjust them to to be competitive, and that, you know you're, exclu- you're basically undermining your ability to pursue, frankly, most of the employee prospects out there, most of them live outside of outside of the city, by maintaining this 10% penalty. Plus, it's not exactly a good look, right? If you're looking at a job posting and it says, at, at cities in the Northeast, towns in the Northeast, and you see that New Bedford's the only one that says, if you don't live in the city, we will reduce your pay by 10%. Right? like how does that excite candidates to come work here? It doesn't, and so uh, I said then I vetoed it, and they overrode my veto I said, look, it's gonna make it difficult to hire people sure enough, it is it's one of the contributors contributing factors so here we are in twenty twenty three now where you know the thirteen hundred plus non school employees in city government we've uh or positions active positions we have over 200 vacancies. Um, there are lots of reasons for it. Some of it just is the great resignation and so forth, but the, the 10% penalty does not help exactly help the cause. <laughs> I think there are a number of counselors who recognize that. Um, so I'm hopeful that they will, um, to move ahead with, uh, with, with removing the penalty. And it's not like, but look, I, I want more, the more people who live in New Bedford, the better. I, I've always strongly felt that, um, but hey, we're just at a point now where you know, we need the best people in and the residency penalty uh, in, in positions um, of, of, you know, all across the org chart. And this 10 percent penalty is making it a lot harder to, to fill those positions.
0: And, and I think some counselors who even voted for that with the best of intentions might have to look at things now and say, the job market is different. The world is different. You know what might have worked then isn't working now, and uh, and and maybe that will kind of. Yeah, I've swing had some discussions with
1: some counselors, and i I think they're, I think they're, op- they're open to it. So I'm I'm, I'm hopeful that they'll uh, they'll move that along. Just want to ask another
0: question to uh, Council President Morad was on with me Friday, and you know we got this information right before we went on the air, so I I was able to bring this up to her, and I don't know if she used this word specifically. Or not, but she she was conveying that it's kind of disingenuous that you are looking at some of these salary adjustments, salary reclassifications, and the steps that they've gone up and asking them to be put up less steps when you actually suggested being able to hire people at a higher step than what they would normally come in at. But, uh, you know, kind of you've kind of referenced it there before that you were talking about like a one-step difference, whereas some of these steps are five or six difference.
1: Yeah, so, so the difference between um, what... The, What I proposed to them and what they did with what I proposed in the way of salary increases um, had to do with the basis of the proposal. We went out and did a study. We did a study of what other cities do and um, compared like positions. Positions from city to city aren't identical, right? Some places have, for positions of the same title, have narrower or broader responsibilities. But if you compare enough cities, you can get a feel for it. Well, we proposed, well, the study came back and showed that, sure enough, we were uncompetitive. That what we pay here was lower than the other cities, right? The other cities being places like Brockton, Fall River, Providence, and a few others in New England. So um, we said in light of this analysis, we proposed to raise our salary not to the highest in New England, but to somewhere in within the market, right in the middle um i think we would have been justified by yeah so you make those choices right so what we can for i wish we could afford more i wish we had the the money to do that and have to impose more on taxpayers but we impose enough on taxpayers so if if we have to balance what we do um what we ask of taxpayers as, as well as the need to deliver the best services for our residents so what we proposed was again based on a many-month-long analysis of what other cities do. What the council did was they just bumped stuff up arbitrarily. They didn't undertake an independent analysis. They didn't go out and hire their own consultant. They didn't go out and call the other cities and, and collect all this information and go through it in any systematic way. They just said, well, that you know that one feels like it's too low. That one is. I know that guy works hard, and so we're going to bump his out. You can't do that. So that that's that was what was wrong with it. It's not about and, and, and salary bumps are not about deservedness. It's it's about the position and not the person. We've got people who've been in position for a long time. They've had a lot of seniority. They perform well. They work hard, but the, you can't change the salary code based on any of that it has to be based on on the position um you know we try to reward high performance and dedication through you know the award system we give out um, the, the new bedford way awards um every every year to, to recognize high performance and hard work and dedication we, we have that we also give out longevity awards but these are just awards right it's very hard and in municipal government to give out Cash bonuses, we don't do that um, as much as in, in some. There are some governments that that some government agencies that do that, like you know, like I worked at the Department of Justice, of course, before it was mayor. There were some merit bonuses that they did, but it's kind of a hard thing to to pull off because there's always the the risk that people are going to look at that and say, "Well, you're playing favorites," or you know, what's the base you know, to. to question the basis for those decisions so we don't do that what we do is we recognize hard work and good performance through annual awards but otherwise the pay scale that's built into the city code that's all based on position and um, our proposal was based on an analysis of what other cities do and that's 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 the difference between what we did and what the council did.
0: Let's uh, let's take this phone call really quickly before we have to take a break. We are a little bit late for the break, but they've been holding on. So, good morning. You were on with Mayor Mitchell. Hello.
2: Hi, it's Catherine. Uh, hi to both of you. Catherine, um, where have you been, uh, Mayor Mitchell? It's only been a week. Sub- thank you for submitting those uh, six ordinances. I've read them. They're online. They're on the agenda. Um. I encourage people, uh, residents, taxpayers to call their city councilors today and tomorrow before the meeting and express how you feel about uh, getting the salaries in line with the, the long-term study that was done. Um, and if you go to the city council meeting or if you see it after or see a report of it, I, I suspect that somebody from Light will be there and maybe Standard Times. Pay attention. To who seem to think independently on the city councilors and those who just followed without questioning anything um we should not be electing and elections are coming up we should not be electing or re-electing anybody who just seems to be following the crowd we need to uh, work within um as the mayor said within what our city can afford the study has shown um that we're well within the, you know, the middle range with this uh, what was suggested by the study, and there is no reason at all, except for uh, wrong-headed thinking, about giving anybody a 25% salary increase. It should go by the study. Period. And so I thank you again, uh, all both right. of you. All
1: right. Thank you,
0: Catherine. Thank you for the call. Okay, and bye. we are going to take a break. If you want to call in and ask the mayor a question, 508-996-0500. If you want to send in a question via app chat on the WBSM app, you can do that as well. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more with Midweek with the Mayor.
1: 1420
0: WBSM Mayor John Mitchell is with us. If you have a question, 508-996-0500 or hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app. And that is what Dan in New Bedford did. Uh, he had a question about... If whether or not there's been complaints coming into the city over the new light situation on Church Street where the construction is. He says it is absolutely horrendous. I have three lights with only two lanes of traffic, and he hopes that something will be done about it. I don't know if you've been hearing a lot of complaints about that. Uh, this is
1: the first one, but it's not to say that it's not legit. I, I, um, I, Obviously, they've been doing a lot of construction over there uh, related to uh, the rail service, the passenger rail line, and so... Uh, we'll we'll take a look at it It, it's we'll look around it's hard um, I'm not sure exactly which what what the issue there may be a timing issue it may not be but we'll go we'll go take a look there and some of it may have to do with ongoing construction as well that might slow things up but whatever it is we'll uh, we'll have someone go over and take a look and see uh, what's up but I would encourage people if it's if, if you've experienced that, uh, let, it, let us know, um, and we'll, we'll see what we can do. We can't always fix things. Sometimes there are traffic, state traffic regulations in play um, or that apply that inhibit our ability to, especially around rail lines, uh, that, that inhibit our ability to change things up too much. But, um, you know, once trains start running there, it, it's likely just because of that there will be some more congestion than we're, than we're used to. Um, but uh, we want to want people certainly to pick up the phone and let us know if there's uh, there's a problem. But also,
0: could the timing of those lights be different now while construction is under? Could they change that timing once the construction is
1: over? May, maybe. Yeah, you know, it's hard it's hard to say definitively without without my knowing what exactly the issue is. I, I, I will I will say this. I mean, as I as I just said it, it it's it's funny that intersection there. geez, I can remember as a kid. I think a lot of people. Listening will probably remember this too. You know, there was more freight rail traffic years ago that went through there, and you can remember. I can remember the cross arms arms closing when trains would go by, and pretty frequently. And, and so there and there were backups on tarkin Hill Road as a result of that. And we haven't really seen that in recent years. so The freight traffic isn't what it once was, although it's starting to pick up again. Uh, the freight rail traffic um, with passenger rail with regular passenger rail service. Uh, we'll we'll start to see that again, and you know, it's just it is some to 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 some degree, it's it's irreducible, right? There's only so much. If the train's going by, you know, you got to close off the road, and so I think that's going to be some of this is just in the way of think, uh, a thing that we have to get used to. But if there's an issue with the traffic light when there's no train going, on, that's different. And if there's a fix there, we'll we'll pursue it. I have no
0: proof of this. This is just something that I've noticed kind of arbitrarily, but it seems like on state roads there and and, and, uh, on intersections that are part of state roads, there have been a prolonging of some of those lights. Like for example, over here, you know, these lights seem to be longer than they used to be. So I think that there's probably some data that's coming in to the state about some of these intersections where they're making adjustments based on that to try to make these intersections more safe.
1: Uh, Right. So, you know, for us, the changing, I mean, technically the city has to, on on non-state roads, the city still has to go to the state for to approve the timing, timing changes. Like, people will recognize those boxes that sit in inter- intersections that are essentially the controls for uh, the intersection traffic lights. You know, we're supposed to go to the state to change that. We don't. I mean, in Prague, we just use common sense and try to, you know, regulate that. As best we can on state roads it it's harder so like we just came from city hall and we sit at a light there that to turn right onto uh to get onto the bridge and it's it, it it's it's a arrow red arrow light that just sits there and, and for for no good reason seemingly no good reason so you know that's one that we've brought up with the with the state but the state doesn't always move as swiftly as we'd like so these are things that yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on and keep the state apprised of as as, uh, as uh, time goes on.
0: I know, uh, you know, over in Wareham, they they put in all new the Cranberry Highway. They've completely redone it, and they put in an intersection over like near where they have the tractor supply store. And I sat there and I timed it at the at the light. I was waiting for two minutes for the light to change for people to be able to pull out of you know, what's now Cardi's, used to be Walmart. And there's never enough people pulling out of there for it to warrant a light being that long and so i put it in you know i just let the 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 town you know their version of dpi let them know about it and they said no two minutes you got it you got it on a good day (laughs) like they actually had it set to be longer than that but i think it's because they are looking at some of these spots where there are a lot of accidents and and changing a traffic pattern like they have over there changing the way the traffic's laid out i think they're just being overly cautious
1: well, they do, but that's primarily the state's doing, right? Because that's Route 6 as well, mm. right? That's a st- state Route 6, that is. And um, you know, the state errs on the side of, of um, the state's conservative in those, those decisions. So... If as you said, if people are
0: having issues like this, if if they see these issues happening, they should let your office know, and then you can kind of get the ball rolling well, on how to get those answered
1: directly. I, just, I like <laughs> to think they get a faster response uh, from from us.
0: I say you know, tweet their spokesperson at Mass She's really great at being interactive on on social media.
1: You say that facetiously.
0: No, or... no, no. She she puts a lot of stuff up there. She's on there quite a bit. Yeah. So I think if you I think if you actually did like tweet something to her, she would respond.
1: Uh, you can try that.
0: As you know, now that you're a social media <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, guru, yeah, yeah. you know you know how that works. Yeah. All right. Why don't we take our next break here? If you have any questions for the mayor, 508-996-0500, or you can send it via app chat on the WBSM app. That's like texting us, for those of you who aren't all that up-to-date on social media stuff. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back.
1: New Bedford's News Talk Station.
0: 508-996-0500, if you have a question for Mayor Mitchell and also... Uh, you can send in an app chat message on the WBSM app. And today I'm actually looking at them. I know I always say it's hard for me sometimes to, to turn away from the conversation and look, but we're getting in some questions You're today. You're getting better
1: at it. Um, You're better doing better at two things it. at once yeah. is hard
0: for me. Um, I was trying to chew gum, too, at the same time. I had to spit it out. So this, que- this question comes in from uh, Herb in New Bedford, who says, uh, I would like to ask about stop signs in the city. Recently, a stop sign was put on Kempton and Park Street. Have been- uh, Park Street has been trying to get one at Park and Elm Street for a long time. There were petitions put before the council last year and before. I have lived here for more than 50 years and seen many accidents and mentioned school buses and vehicles coming at a high rate of speed. So... Uh, and, and he feels that if the if there were stop signs put on Park Street, that would slow traffic down.
1: Yeah. So I, I know the intersection he's talking about, and I guess that what I'd say is this: with you know the new sign over at Kempton Street, I think that's, that's helped matters. Um, he can you know he should let us know if he sees it otherwise. Um. You don't. So you have. One of the things that city has to balance, and by by the way, stop signs that also requires state approval. By the way, as crazy as that sounds, now that's uh, whether we've uh, sought permission, um, um, uh, whether we've sought forgiveness instead of per, instead of permission is uh, another matter. We've put some in in places uh, where we just thought well, it's, it's so obvious one needs to go in. But one of the things you have to you have to balance is you don't want to stop sign at every other block and because it just slows cars down like no who's, who's going to travel and people have to get from point a to point b in a reasonable amount of time and i'm trying to remember off the top of my head if you're traveling south on park you cross kempton and then i think is elm the next one or is it the one after is it trying i'm just trying to picture it in my head um but you don't want them like Every other every block, because you might as well be driving a golf cart at that uh, uh, at that rate. So uh, anyway, we'll 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 look at it and um, and uh, assess the situation as we always do.
0: And, and unfortunately, I think, too, if you have too many stop signs, then people don't observe them. Like if they see this they yeah. say, I'm not going to stop at every It'll one roll, of these
1: to roll right through them. And that actually makes it more dangerous. That's a great point.
0: Uh, we had mentioned the, the train service uh, coming in and answered seven in a cushion. It says, uh, what time frame do you see the first train starting to run out of New Bedford? or things, you know, pardon the pun, are well, things on track?
1: Things are on track. Yep. Um, so the state says um, December of this year of 23. That's That's the scheduled start of service
0: so and and as long as everything keeps moving i mean we've we've been fortunate here with this winter that we've had that it probably hasn't slowed down
1: anything, it's so felt, maybe maybe it gets done ahead of, time. of a whole lot of stuff, including the rail line um yeah, I mean, I would encourage people to take a look at what's going on at um Church Street, the station in the north end, and uh as well as down at the whales tooth lot uh there's it, it, down there the the you know the platform the approaches the, there's a retaining wall on the the approach to the platform that's being constructed that's all just materialized in the last couple of months they're already starting to uh, to work on the foundation for the pedestrian bridge so that's that's moving forward so there there's a lot of activity going on so if people are curious about it um, if people are curious about it go down there and take take a look don't tell them I sent you uh, but <laughs> Uh, take take a look because it's uh, it's it it's real. it's not um, it, it, we've been talking about South coast rail and passenger rail service for a long time here. It's not I mean as i've if, as I've said before, um I don't think it is the end all and be all as it's been sold over the years, but I think it is very useful uh, to have a passenger rail. An intercity passenger rail link to Boston, and it's a project that I've advocated for, along with many other folks who've been in elected office over the last three decades, and so I'm glad to see that it's, uh, you know, that it's happening.
0: And just to talk about how quickly construction is happening with this weather being better than we thought, I was. I drove by the Chipotle, and, and by the way, for that one caller, I'm going to talk about a restaurant, so I know it's going to upset you, <laughs> but I drove by the Chipotle they're building over here, and I said, wow, they're going to have that done sooner than they said. Originally, they said that's going to take until March, but it's going to be done sooner. Where is it? it going in? Next to McDonald's over here.
1: But Oh, is that, oh, is that what's going in there? Yeah, yeah,
0: but then I realized when I said, oh, it's, it's it'll be done sooner than March, I realized March 1st is a week from today.
1: It is.
0: (laughs) Like, it is almost March, and I had, I just, time had flown by so quickly. Uh, Speaking of time flying by, it is time to take our final break of the hour. 508-996-0500 508-996-0500 if you want to chime in or hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app. Back with more with Mayor Mitchell in just a few moments. The WBSM app is... ...of midweek with the mayor. If you have a question for New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell, you can give us a call, 508-996-0500. You can also hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app, like JJ in Fairhaven, who is asking uh, what Mayor Mitchell can tell us about possible uses for the state armory. I did get a call last week about somebody who noticed that there was some some work going on there, but I assume that that was the roof being repaired, which was part of the deal.
1: It was part of the deal, yeah. So the deal there that we worked out with the state was that the city would get ownership of the of the armory for a grand total of ten dollars, but the state had to first construct have to reconstruct the roof, so we can have the place all buttoned up and. So, which I think is a good deal for the city for a property that um, has a great deal of historic significance. It's a beautifully designed building. It's really unique and, it's, again, a big, big part of, uh, a big part of the city's history. So right now uh, they are working on the roof. So if you drive down Pleasant Street, you'll see like, the equipment out there and, and um, just the activity uh, at the site so uh, once they're done with that, then we'll close uh, on the deal that, that's uh, we'll close on the purchase and sale agreement. The city will get the deed the city will own it and then we'll we'll do um we'll we'll do some um some planning around that which will probably entail um some public will probably it will entail some public hearings um it it, it could be housing it could be some other you know, it could be some municipal function it could be something else. The inhibiting factor there is the, the amount of available parking. It's it's one of the reasons uh, why the Army National Guard moved out of the site. There just wasn't a whole lot of parking available there. But um, but look, I, I I don't I don't I haven't I don't have any preconceived notions uh, otherwise of of what should go there. And uh, could be a combination of things. Could be some housing and 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 other. Um, but I. I'm just glad that we're getting an opportunity to preserve a very important building, and we want certainly would like to have people to come on out and um, let us know what what they think, especially folks who live in the neighborhood, because it's it's they who who will be the most uh, affected by the decisions.
0: And the state is only repairing the roof; they're not doing any cleanup on the inside because I know the first floor, the second floor, had collapsed into the first floor at one point.
1: Uh, there's so. So I'm not sure the full extent of the repair. There is like the the biggest thing's the roof, and so if there's other repairs we, we might have to, or the develop or a developer might have to down the line. But it's but the the biggest problem's the roof. There's been there has been some water infiltration over the years that have caused some problems. My understanding is that it's otherwise pretty sound structurally.
0: Well, it'll be interesting to see how the ghosts respond to all that stuff happening. Oh, so, yeah. They're yeah. waiting
1: for you, Tim. <laughs> hey,
0: I offered the $10. I said I would donate the $10 to the city to get in there, but I think there's like some legal things we'll get, about
1: we'll, that. We'll, we'll get you in there one of these days. All right. Are you going to come with me? Uh, okay. Yeah. You're going to come okay, on the ghost we could, we, could ha- we could have. We could broadcast the show from there. I'm all for it. Yeah. I we think we should. Wait for the ghost to come on as guests.
0: <laughs> I think we should do it. Well, you heard that. The mayor just committed to being it on it Spooky is. South you Coast. It, there you go. You heard it live. All right, well, see, he, he comes in at night. He was for South Coast tonight, but he'll also come in at at night for Spooky South Coast, too, if we need him to.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right. We are out of time for today. Stay tuned, because coming up, we have Bill O'Reilly, then Barry Richard, Howie Carr, and then on South Coast tonight, it is the Ward 3 debate. Sean Oliver, Carmen Amaral, they'll be here along with Chris, Marcus, and Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. The three of them will be uh, hosting this debate between the two candidates. that's coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, commercial free. Until tomorrow, enjoy every sandwich. Get out to a restaurant.
1: WBSM and W250.